Welcome to Tough Love Podcast with me, Marie Lockman, matchmaker, dating specialist, and the founder of Love HQ Matchmaking. And me, Stephanie Regan, psychotherapist and relationship specialist. How are you, Mairead? I'm great. It's been a few weeks now since we had a podcast yeah. out. It's been a kind of a busy time. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, normally we, we really have been putting out the podcast every week or two weeks. It's probably been a good three weeks um, yes. since the last one. And we were just chatting about that earlier. And as you say, at a mental health level, there's a fair, you know, quite a lot of interest, if you like, in finding support at this time of the year. It's... I think for everyone, Christmas is looming and I suppose that's where we're putting our mind today. How about you? I just wondered on your side, as a yeah. bit time? Since September, and I always find that September time is kind of different, you know, peaks in my, if there are people running towards me for matchmaking. But uh, since September, it's been extremely busy, obviously on the back Good. of the ploughing championships and all the coverage we got on that. But also this time of year with the evenings getting dark. I think people, we're, we're creatures. We're like, we're, we, you know, we are animals yeah. to an extent. And I suppose they're trying to look at who they're going to hibernate with. So I think a lot yeah. of people turn to home. They start sitting in longer because, let's face it, sunsets are around four o'clock each evening. And so they are making a, a proper effort to try and meet somebody this side of Christmas. Interesting. And so it has yeah. been extremely busy with matchmaking over the last few weeks. But hopefully that slows down just a tiny bit now. And I can mm. celebrate but- some of the lovely Christmas sea. Uh, yeah. I've really noticed over the last few years there's a little bit of magic when people start dating around the end of November, December. I think it's the twinkly lights. I think it's the Christmas looming. I think it's the, you know, kind of hearty food and the whole psychology of share, like, you know, breaking bread when they're on dates. Their yeah. type of dates they're going on are like maybe Christmas markets and mulled wine and hot apple ciders. Um, and, you know, the kind of red wine, kind of real indulgent mm. sort of things. So there's a real sense of celebration. And I find that a lot of couples that I send on dates this time of year, it, they're a little bit easier because their own businesses maybe might be slowing down a little bit or they might be thinking, oh, it's coming into the end of the year. They give people a little bit more time, a little bit more chance. That's which, interesting. Yeah. Which works beautifully, I think, with dating. Mm. A lot of them as well that may travel a lot for business. It all starts to settle down this time of year. So people have a little bit more time to but romance. Yeah, but what's interesting when you say they have a little more time and they give a little more time, you yes. know, if you are a little bit, I think people can be very quick and snappy on the response. And I know people talk a lot about the the having, you know, there has to be a bit of a click. And of course there does. There has to be an attraction. There has to be a, an immediate kind of liking um, of the other person, of course. So there's factors there for sure. But also that thing of giving a bit of time allows something else to happen when we don't go so fast. Well, it does, because if you actually think about dating, you are trying to find a life partner. And so as a result, if you don't feel that you're a priority to somebody when you're dating them, if they can't fit you in, if they're like yes. rushing around, the chances are you're thinking, well, am I going to be like the last on the list? Am I going to be less of a priority to everything? Do I just have to fit in? And nobody wants to be that when they're choosing a life partner. So mm. by just having that extra little bit of time, it is very, it's just a beautiful time of year for dating. And here is the converse of that. Here we are heading in to Christmas. And I think there's a number of things we want to cover. So today we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about Christmas and your kind of general mindset for Christmas. Are you, you know, how you are approaching it, how Christmas makes you feel, what it does to you and how you're going to deal with that this time. Last year, we um, we have a podcast there, which I would mention to people because I just went back to it. So we're not doubling up and doubling up. And it's a lot about 
what it's like to be the challenge for singletons, if you like, yes. at Christmas with everybody asking you the little awkward, the Bridget Jones question, you know, and how's a lovely girl like you on your own still? And the question that everybody despises at Christmas yeah. and and also that assumption that 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 everybody wants to be partnered. So I think if you if you're in that zone, you know, and in that kind of area, maybe have a little listen to last yeah, year. Yeah, go back and it's, it's all still relevant. So it is. It really is. Exactly. I listen to it myself. So. Um, let's just talk about mindset and Christmas because yes. that's where we're going to really touch on today. What what I feel from a mental health side mm-hmm. is the scourge that I see that really drives people into low mood, into uh, high stress and into huge levels of frustration is their drive for perfectionism. Yes. And... I know we've got a lot of, you know, perfect little images of Christmas around and there is, we we all work hard to create something nice at Christmas. But having high standards isn't the same as perfectionism. You know, having high standards and saying, now I'm going to make the effort here. I'm going to get this done. I want a real tree. I don't want that tree. I want to make, you know, my front door nice. You know, having standards for yourself, that's great. That's that's absolutely what we all do, I think, because we push in, we Mm -hmm. lean in a little bit. But the perfectionist is different because if you're scourging yourself with perfectionism, what you are really doing is you are you're focusing on what isn't right all the time. You're 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 not quite happy with anything, no matter how high the standard is. And you're on a kind of a permanent treadmill of doing and having to do more and it's very stressful for you and it's very stressful for those around you. And do you know that surveys Surveys show that 51% of women talk Mm -hmm. about being stressed at Christmas. And the biggest driver to that stress is trying to make it perfect. Not just for themselves, but for everybody around them. I get that. And I think it's worse. I I would see this a lot with people following influencers. I try where possible not to follow influencers because really unless they're doing something of substance for humans in the world, why are we being influenced by dresses, cosmetics, makeup, destinations, all of those sorts of things. Really what my thing is, is people, the people in your life and quality time with those people. <clears throat> so yes. if we're looking at people that always have the perfect Christmas tree, they started weeks ago. They're trying to literally, they're selling to you. It's like a QVC shopping, shopping network. And mm. I think that's even more so. So if you look at women, a lot of them would have went crazy over Black Friday. They should have the perfect outfits, the perfect gifts, the perfect tree, the perfect decorations and all of the, you know, Instagram ready thing and it's exhausting. Exhausting. And you can get yourself, catch yourself at the outset. I think that's, that's why I think it's really important to mention it today. We can start early, like some people have put up their tree, but a lot haven't, you know. Yes. I always think first of December, well, definitely we probably, you know, start getting, yeah. getting on the road with it. And, and we all have our own little standards. I get that. But here is the time when you can stop yourself and ask yourself, what, how is Christmas making me feel? How is the very mm. prospect of doing all this? Do you feel laboured? Do you feel responsible? Do you feel you're the only one who can get these things done? Are, are you ever happy with what, you know, how, what level you get to? I think that point there that you've just made, are you ever happy? Yes. So, like what happens when you do have the big perfect house and you do have the perfect Christmas tree and you do have the perfect husband and you do have all the perfect kids and they're all dressed in matching outfits and matching pajamas and everything like that. Like, are you are you still happy then? Like, are you happy or are you just like, well, actually, I wish I had a Ferrari? 
and he yeah. didn't buy me a Ferrari this year. Yes. Is there always a gap? Is there always a gap? Is there ever an appreciation moment where you just sit down there and you're like, I'm just happy to have a cup of tea and like a digestive biscuit, simple, yeah. plain. You know, it doesn't always have to be your chocolate, hot chocolate section of your kitchen that has all the matching spoons and the glass mm. fancy, you know, cups. Mm. As I say, big difference between high achieving and the perfectionist. Yes. Probably worth mentioning just in psychological terms that that we see perfectionism as a defence. You know, people in my work, okay. it's as a defence. Mm. We see that people, people who are perfectionistic, um, you know, it's highly associated with anxiety and mm-hmm. with um, panic disorders and of course, obsessive compulsive OCD as people would know it. So perfectionism is like a, it's like a spinning penny. It's the other side of that, mm-hmm. you know, constant. Um, and what is happening is perfect. I mean, m- my clinical um, perspective on it would be that people who who strive for perfectionism they usually come out of two things. Sometimes very exacting, high parental expectations, where okay. parents, where 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 the love of the parent is contingent on being excellent, okay. and sometimes parents don't really make that, you know, they don't make that demand for on the child, but the child perceives the demand. So it's not always yes. reality, but but it's it, it's some at some point in childhood, they've extracted that point and they've decided they have to be fabulous. They have to be better than they have to be the best that. So it's parental expectations can drive it. But the other thing that drives it is chaos in childhood or emotional chaos, chaos around them like mm-hmm. a dysfunctional, alcoholic, addiction, addictive parent or a um, or a situation where it's emotional chaos, you know, where mother is always crying or father is always angry and or something like that and the child can't control it. So they control what they can control and organising, keeping everything perfect, leaving nothing undone, relying on nobody. That's where they find their soothing control. So that's where perfectionism comes from. I would very often get clients that come to me for matchmaking that are trying to create a perfectionism in the partner that they have. And they're Mm. nearly over specific in the type of person that they want. They are saying he needs to or she needs to fit in with my friends. And it's normally women, if I'm honest, saying this, they need to fit in with my friends. They need to dress a certain way they have to be this tall they have to be you know and it's real perfectionism stuff and like honestly if yes. I had a workshop I'd be well able to build the most perfect person but people come as they are and realistically dating is a feeling and it doesn't matter how people yes. look it doesn't matter the job they do you know if mm-hmm. I hear they need to do a professional job one more time like that leaves about five different if you really think like whittle it down there's like five different jobs really you know um, yes and all the, like very often the most successful, we would say people and like, how do we measure success? And so maybe it's a silly word to use type of people that come to me. It's because they've had a level of creativity and they've had to go a different direction. You may not consider okay. them a professional, but believe me, they're successful. So and, the perfectionism yeah. goes into all ebbs of their life. Yeah, for sure. And interesting, I thought what you said there about it's the feeling. It's also the like everybody who who works so hard to make everything perfect, as you say, when they get there, what have they got? What they have is they they have used all their energy to avoid dealing with the whole emotionality that's driving them. And the same goes with Christmas. You will see people 
who who work so hard to make it perfect, but they're never in the moment. They're never just enjoying it. They're never sitting down mm-hmm. and saying, I'm just going to take this half hour and settle right down here with the kids and do nothing, just nothing. You know, so it's that the ability to be in the moment is, yeah. let's be honest, that's what that's also what, what you get in the in the dating, but also in Christmas, you're trying to build memories that around little little moments. And what do you remember about memories? It's the feeling you remember. It's not the thing. Yeah. Is it or do you find is it people that um, it, do they care what others think? So is it a low self-esteem thing as well or is it perfectionism to themselves? Because I would think that for most people, they're not looking for the perfect partner for how they look, what job they do, all those sorts of things for themselves. They're looking for the outward view of what they give when they're with that person. So, you know, it's kind of like showtime. It's like, you know, if you're looking at a stage and it's like the the whole you know, um, stage set is perfect, but then behind it is just planks of wood and it's not painted. What can people do to, you know, stop their perfectionistic tendencies? Okay, that's, um, I think it's really important. And as I say, especially at this time of year, I think that people can do a few things. One is try and slow down the instinct to just keep going and doing everything to this ridiculous standard. So try and slow yourself down. Try and listen to yourself. Ask yourself, ask yourself those questions like what, you know, how does this make me feel? Why why am I doing everything? Why do I feel it's my responsibility? Um, where did I learn that? These are good things to ask yourself. Where did I learn that? Where did I learn that it's easier for me to do everything rather than relying on other people to do things? You know, that's what drives people. I'll do everything myself. So what is there something scary about relying on other people and letting other people help me and not just doing it all myself? Because you see this a lot with perfectionistic people. Mm -hmm. So I think first off, ask yourself those questions. I actually get people to write themselves a letter about this. Clinically, okay. I open. So recently, I've been saying to people, write your write your own letter to Santi. Tell him, tell him how Christmas makes you feel, and mm-hmm. answer those questions. And yes. it kind of tunes you in a little bit to what am I doing here? You know, where did I learn all this? And then there's a few very practical things that you can do to slow yourself down. And one is to set a time limit on tasks, because if you okay. If you set a time limit on tasks, you have to focus on getting it done mm-hmm. rather than nitpicking at it until it's perfect with this endless time, you know, putting in endless. Yes. So you say it's 30 minutes and that's all it is. Stop. And you stop at whatever 80 percent, mm-hmm. perfect, 70 percent. You stop and you promise yourself you'll stop. So you become kind of more conscious of things than just yes. letting it sort of float along. The other the other is remember that if you're stressed and you're doing things um, together on famille or whatever or with your friends, if you're stressed, well, you are taking away from the happiness for other people. And maybe if yes, you can you realise that, it helps. Yeah, because if you're up to 19 and everything. I get it as well, okay? Like, I understand wanting to have nice things. I understand wanting to have a nice Christmas and putting in an effort. Like there is something beautiful. Like let's face it, we all like to go to a nice restaurant. We all like that someone has been a perfectionist 
for in order for you to experience this. We do like to go into someone's house and the fire is lit instead of the, you know, it's not lit yet. You know, they that the decorations are lovely and it's a yes. nice ambience and they've made us a lovely drink as we walk in. Nice standards. Nice standards. Exactly. Okay. okay. There's nice standards versus perfectionism. Correct. Okay. Perfectionist is the one who can't stop. She's okay. still in the kitchen. She's still making bacon, banging pots. She can't stop. She never relaxes. She never has done enough. She never feels it's enough. And so okay. you're caught in that vortex. That's the mess. Are That's these also the, the people then when you're enjoying their food and you're like, wow, this is fabulous. They're like, no, it's not now. I wish it's I not great. I didn't get it on it. Yeah, the pistachios weren't toasted properly or whatever. And you're just like, oh my God. Can exactly. I just enjoy it? Yeah. Isn't that? Okay. And so it's hard on themselves. Because I was questioning there for a moment if I was a perfectionist. I was like, wait a second now, I don't like delegating the wrong tasks out as well. Like, you know, things are done properly and that's it. But yeah. Yes. And maybe, you know what, it's it's also a good time to mention that sometimes when people have had some bad Christmases in their childhood. Yes. Um, they when the opportunity comes to create your own in your own family mm-hmm. and in your own with your own children, they can really go all out. They really enjoy it, love it. They're but and they're correcting something. You know, they're building a new memory for themselves, new traditions. And I have to say, yes. I as somebody, people joke in my house that I used to start Christmas in sort of August because I was a little bit like that. Yeah. yeah, but in childhood, I'd had a number of really quite, you know, difficult Christmases. And and I think when I had my own, ch- you know, my own yeah. sort of family set up and I had money to do it, I, I tell you, I was out there doing a lot of shopping and a lot of gifting and a lot of wrapping. Yes. But I wasn't, I don't suffer with perfectionism, but I really wanted it to be gorgeous. So there is something different about wanting it to be gorgeous and not being able to stop and never feeling the joy of it yourself. Now, can I say the flip side of your example there? So I would have had really lovely Christmases, as in my dad wanted to put up the Christmas tree mid-November and mum be at work and we'd be like little elves going, shh, don't tell mum we're putting up the Christmas tree and all the giggly parts of it and everything. It was lovely. And then I met someone that had no interest in Christmas and kind of thought I was a little bit ridiculous, even wanted to put up a Christmas tree in the house. And I'm like, well, that's the nice things, you know. And so that can be hard as well, because sometimes you can be perceived as a perfectionist when actually you just want to do the basic level of loveliness. So that's it. And you're clashing, you see, because you'd a lovely, like if we were a boyfriend and girlfriend, for example, Mm -hmm. you know, there could be clashing in that regard yes. because one person I mean has has no sense of the kind of Christmas you've had and yes. and other people don't always have great Christmases you know so no. so they 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 look on it with a bit of fear they they don't want to feel that again they yes. they're trying to and they sometimes people step back from you know the Grinch type as we say why are they pulling back from Christmas? Because they don't want to be disappointed, probably. They don't want to go into all that excitement that never turns to anything good. So yes. it's you, people, people have very interest and, and we're very much, the child is very present in us. It really Christmas. is. Isn't it? The child is, there's that little bit of magic that everybody I think wants to experience, like on some level. As long as it was magic, Maraid. Oh, that's the other side of it. And yeah. I think maybe... Yeah, I get that. I get yeah. that. So it's really just, I'm just opening up to people a little to say, it's, you know, it is for you to reset the clock. 
It's for you to reset your Christmas to the way you want it. As you say, don't spend your time being, inf- you know, looking at influencers and how they're doing it. They're just trying to, they're just putting up a nice version of things. Yeah, it's their job. Yes, yeah, their job. And I, I actually love looking at the way people do things because I might take a little bit from it and Absolutely. learn something, you know, or, yeah. you know, the cooking and all that's nice to look. We're not going to be all be able to do it the same as them. Of course not. Yes. But you can get little bits and that's fun. But just try to make it what you want it to be and try to recognise that you may be one of those people who's pulling away or you might be like you, Mairead, leaning right in. I'm a complete Christmas person now. I love it. And, you know, yeah. but 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 I had a different feeling of it for many years. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I think that for, so I'm very sensitive to people who struggle with it um, and, and who find it hard to kind of get really excited. Um, so, yeah, I'm not being the Grinch there. I'm just being realistic. I think it is no harm to be realistic. I also think it's no harm to, while you're looking at your perfectionist side, I think it's no harm to also look at your traditions. One thing I yeah. noticed a lot over the last few years is that I didn't get to spend a lot of time with people that I really enjoy spending time with because I had to tick the box with people that I don't necessarily get on great with. Yeah. And when you look at it, then you're like trying to squeeze them all in on a random Tuesday night when actually... They're the people that really, you know, make your life warm you during the year. They're the ones yeah. that you ring up when That's stuff right. is not going right. So the person, the people you want to tell first when things are going right. And so I think that's just no harm as well is reevaluating traditions just because you've maybe inherited them doesn't yeah. mean that they need to be your traditions. So maybe having a look at the bigger picture and saying, eh, eh, that's not for me. And maybe resetting that list. I completely agree with you. I, I have found myself both last year and this year saying exactly that, you know, that I don't want to be spending time ticking the box mm-hmm. on people who I feel somehow obliged to visit or obliged to have or to see instead of all these lovely friends who, you know, you really spend time with all year and who yes. are really important people in your life. Give them a priority rather, you know, so it's it's about resetting our own priorities yeah. um, and who is important to us. And we're far enough out now to have those adjust. conversations that people, you know, yeah, adjust. If you don't yeah. want to have someone in your house at Christmas, you don't want yeah. to spend Christmas with somebody. And it's not necessarily Christmas Day. It's perhaps going down home. It's perhaps going somewhere that you go every year. Just reevaluate it all and let everything get be the, the cleanup. Yes. So, and there's there's two other things that I, I'd like to mention if we have time. And one is um, loneliness, of course, because of course. Christmas, you know, Christmas... When I hear that music going, I love it, of course, but um, I'm very conscious of all the people that I deal with and how for so many of them, they talk about her, how difficult they find it. And it starts and it goes on for so long. Christmas does go on for a long time. It goes on so long. It really does. And if you're alone or you don't see your children or um, or they don't talk to you or um, uh, you're estranged in some way for some reason, it's a pretty tough time. So, and then there's lots of people, I mean, I, I have people who come to me who will not see their family at Christmas because they have fallen out with them mm-hmm. and they're not prepared to, you know, make any further steps. And I understand that. And sometimes people need to step back from family, but yeah. it still makes it tricky. It's a hard Christmas when you look at everybody else, apparently having a good time. For a lot of people listen to this, it might be their first year without somebody, um, maybe yes. died. Um, it might be separated, year, separated, single, mm-hmm. divorced. Uh, it might be 
you know, after a death of even a child, I've unfortunately had one or two clients that have experienced that in the last year. Um, and I think it's, uh, it's hard to... It's hard to be jolly jolly. It is hard to be jolly. You don't need to be, just make it easy for people. But, you know, there is a lot of science then involved with loneliness. Like, you know, there can be short term loneliness, there can be seasonal loneliness. But but there's a lot of people out there that are suffering from long term loneliness. Oh, yeah. Like even in relationship, long term loneliness. Yes. And it's so impactful on health. So it's and I, I think the point that you're making and the reason we're doing it right now, you know, it's just before the sort of the, the the beginning of December is really try and think this out. How can you make what can you do to make this a lit time a little less lonely for yourself? Can, is there something you can do? It doesn't mean you have to cross bridges that you don't want to cross. But now is the time to plan, think ahead and make a small little plan for yourself. And if I may say this thought we had just before we started this, this this particular podcast today was that we would really try and answer your questions about Christmas. Particularly, you know, I do a lot of talking, as you know, around blended families, dealing with in-laws, the the rows. These are the things that come up every Christmas, the rows that people have, the toxic um, parent, mm-hmm. the addicted parent, how to handle them at Christmas, yes. what happens, how, how much of yourself do you have to give to them. Um, there's all of these versions. Parents come to stay or you go, you and your boyfriend go and stay with, with their parents. How does that work out? What are the complexities, the clashes of cultures from two families? All of these things. So if you have any questions, I think really get them into us and we would use that as a basis for a number of podcasts coming up now in the next while. I think, yeah, I think look, everybody's welcome for whatever their queries are. We're just talking about loneliness there and actually jot down some things of when we feel lonely. So for a lot of people, it's that they feel an inner void. For a lot of people, it's a lack of love. They feel unfulfilled. There's an emptiness or they feel abandoned in some area of their life, whether it's through friends, whether it's through family, whether it's through their, their romantic partner. As a single person or some of the people that come to us um, at Love HQ, they would say that Sundays are very difficult for them because it's yeah. kind of more of a family day, bank holidays. But then also that time between Christmas and New Year is very difficult because most people are off doing things with their families at that stage. And there is a very quietness. So if you do know anybody that is kind of, you know, they might be delighted to have a bit of time off and to themselves, they might not be in the lonely space. Um, but Christmas can be quite a lonely time. So just watch out for those. I really think, and actually the first podcast that you and I did together mm-hmm. um, was you were a guest on my podcast, Would Like to Meet, and you were my third guest, I think. And we recorded that during lockdown. And actually we spoke a little bit about loneliness during that. So if anybody does want to go back to it, because one of the things you said is that it was really important to have friends, family, communities, friendships. You know, I did speak earlier that mm-hmm. I you know, was away for the last few days with a friend that's a relatively new friend. I only know her two years and we get on like house on fire. But I've, I'm, you know, there's other good friends out there. One thing I would say to anybody is if you don't have those friendships in your life or you don't have those relationships in your life, start doing new things, you know, put an yeah. effort into even saying to someone after yoga class, because a lot of people go to yoga class, a lot of people go to spinning class, sit up on the bike, stand there and don't talk to anybody sitting on their phones. Start saying hello to people. Start Next. saying to people, do you fancy going for a coffee after this? Chat away to them, ask them what their name is and then remember what their name is. You know, say, are you doing anything this weekend? The following week when you meet them in class, 
you know, saying to them as well, how did you get on with that? Using their name. And there's a great uh, book called How to Win Friends and Influence People. I don't like the influence people sort of side of it. There is, we can all help our personalities. We can all develop our personalities and as a result, make new friends. Um, Asking them to go for coffee afterwards and just being generally interested in them. One of the things actually that I was speaking to that girl about recently was um, the amount of people that when you're having a conversation with them, they start just telling you about themselves, but don't really ask questions back about how you are, how is your day and everything. So remembering the art of great conversation, actually, and these are great conversation pieces as well for being on a date, actually asking people and listening to their answer. Being exactly. aware of it. All of those things are going to help develop new friendships, new relationships, and as a result, may reduce down the level of loneliness. So I'm not, you know, making it an insignificant thing. I'm not trying to. No, but you have to. What you're saying is you have to do something about it. And it's hard. hard, Yeah, the older you are, the harder it is to to make friends. You know, as well, there's a lot of people out there that are introverted. Like the thought of this is just, oh, my goodness, I can't believe I'm going to have to try and make a new friend. But it's just small little interactions. And one of the things you did say during that podcast is communities. Even if you don't create new best friends, you're meeting people. Like one of the things when I was growing up, I worked in retail a lot in college and in school. And like you're meeting so many people. Now, I know they're not quality interactions, but you're meeting a lot of people. If you realize you spend a lot of time on your own, thinking to yourself, well, how can I spend less time on my own? Volunteer. There's like... There's absolutely thousands of ways actually to volunteer all around Ireland. You know, I am. It's about about making connections. That's it. You know, you know, when you were making that point, made, I just sort that out on my on my. Oh, yes. I actually have this book as well. Yeah, it's very good. Harry, Dr. Harry Barry and the power of connection. I I went to a talk of his recently and um, (laughs) what I really liked about it was the simplicity. He breaks up really the the kind of the social brain and how yes. we how what happens to us actually um in physiological terms in our brain when mm-hmm. we make these bids for connection and mm-hmm. when and the reaction that we get back and you know if you're struggling he goes through all of the the, the simple uh straightforward skills social skills and uh it's no harm if you're not happy with the way things are going for you as i say read research and make some small changes. And um, I think it will help. I think it does. Yeah, I really do. I think as well um, for people that might be going to, you know, feel that they are going to suffer a little bit with loneliness this Christmas or they find it a lonely time, you know, being kind of a little bit, we'll say strategic in their planning of their Christmas socialising. So even knowing that from maybe Christmas Eve onwards, it is quieter time. You know, there's like five or six days. So maybe planning things for the 20th to the 23rd with people. So, you know, having those connections then, why don't you arrange like to meet people? Why don't you say we'll go for coffee in a scone somewhere? Don't always have to wait for the invitation. Why don't you send out a text message to 10 different people you haven't seen in ages and saying to them, you know what, be proactive, organize those, make the, you know, just put it out. You and I were talking recently about bids and the importance within relationships as well. So for a lot of people, if they don't know what bids are, it's like, um, say you're sitting there with anybody any human it could be a romantic partner or a friend and they say to you oh, look the little bird over there and you just continue typing on your phone that's a bid for connection now you can put yeah. down your phone and say oh look at that little fella you know he's just really cute what's he eating there it's a little worm you know it's just that little bid those small little things and it's when those bids are lost 
Yes. Connection slowly starts to die. And that's what happens in a lot of relationships. It's that I, I think of it like a reaching to each other. Yes. You either notice the hand that's reaching or you don't. So it is a kind of a an emotional kind of bid, you know. Yes. I notice that, you know, it's something to talk about. It's something that you connect with. Okay. It seems like... Uh, to me that we're just trying to get people early into a mind frame where they take a lot of control of their Christmas, a lot of control of any of the fears that they're having, any of the worries that they're having and we'll play our part in trying to handle those with you Mm -hmm. and um, look back to last year we have mentioned if we have a number of podcasts there that are useful in this context, loneliness and in the context of single and Christmas and if you send us forward any of your queries we will look at those for our next podcast pre-Christmas thank you for listening to Tough Love thank you Mairead thank you